Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Sour and Sass. I am very excited today to be joined by the one and only Alex Barco. Welcome to the show, Alex. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Director of Demand Gen at Postal. I love it. Yes. So, what are you focused on right now? What are you building? Growth. We are growing at a really rapid rate, um, both from an employee perspective and just like a customer retention perspective. Um, we're, we're growing really fast. There's a ton of white space in the offline market. Um, so we're just trying to get as many customers as we possibly can. Postal's a newer player, right? So from what I can tell, do you feel like you have an advantage to compared to like, let's say a legacy PFL or let's say the market leader Sendoso who were more, their platforms and their tech were built for a pre COVID world. Like, do you feel like you will all have an advantage due to yeah. the digital nature of when you were built and why you were built and kind of that stuff? Yeah, absolutely. I think we were also able to figure out what people's concerns were with some of those legacy products and really design a product that would, uh, fit their needs. So yeah, hundred percent feel like there's an advantage. And we also just have some differentiation. Like you mentioned, um, we kind of went with the more like DoorDash Uber model. So we partner with third-party vendors, like local businesses that can fulfill these like gifts and direct mail services to our yeah. customers. So we're just sort of that middleman technology provider rather than like focusing on warehousing and logistics and all that. We want to be a technology company first. So yeah, hundred percent. We feel like there's a huge advantage there. I think that was brilliant what you just said because, and I want to hear from your perspective because you kind of have this like supply and demand marketing, right? So yeah. like what you're doing, if you like look at their website, postal.io, they have this become a vendor part where it is like a chicken or the egg, right? Because you postal.io is going to underperform in a market that it under services with its unique differentiator, which is local brands that are going to have that more emotional connection of a gift, right? Like I yeah. think gifting the reason we want to do it as marketers is it's a psychological, emotional play where we connect like the art of gratitude and giving to create a bond with our audience, right? It's like a give to get type mm -hmm. mentality. Mm -hmm. And you really only get the emotion if it feels like the gift was selected for you from a brand you resonate, like consumers are different now. So how are you thinking about expanding without diluting the thing that makes Postal so special, right? Like, how do you enter Atlanta if you don't have enough vendors in Atlanta? You know, like, totally. Like, how are you thinking about that? Yeah, absolutely. And we actually just hired a marketer for, and her full-time focus is making sure that we're getting new vendors, making vendors happy. Like, that is just important to us as our customers because exactly what you just said, we only succeed if they succeed. So that's a huge effort across the in business is getting new vendors, making sure the vendors have a variety of products, because exactly what you said, we want, if a customer wants to send one of their prospects something, maybe they want to send them a cupcake from a local bakery in their town, not a generic piece of swag. So we want to make sure that we have all those vendors so they can fulfill those needs. Yeah, no, I think that's really, really clever. Now it is sour yeah. and sass. Oh yes. Are you ready? I'm ready. Got my warheads. All right. I'm going to get my sour candy ready. Okay. I just want everybody to know I'm on the wow. last post. So when y'all see me doing this, okay, if you're listening later, PS, subscribe to our podcast. Leave a five-star review because we're awesome. Um, yeah. It's 9.05 in the morning, so I do this for the people. I just want everyone to know that. Mm -hmm. Are you 9 o'clock in the morning? Where are you at? No, it's noon here, but. I don't do well with sour candy. 
So I don't know if water is cheating, but I'm gonna have to take a sip. No, it. Oh, Michelle thinks this is hilarious, so that's good. Yep, great. Michelle's on my team. She's laughing yep. at me. Michelle's enjoying your pain. I love that. <laughs> now, what tactics are you doing for supply, though? Because I'm just really curious about this because I think everybody talks about demand generation, but there are multiple types in your type of business, the marketplace to a certain extent. You have to match mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing to get more vendors? Like, because to me, it's also a revenue opportunity for them, I would imagine. It, mm-hmm. It's all So how are you guys driving awareness? Are you doing it like account based? How, what's your process? Yeah, it's interesting. It's it's a revenue generator, but it's also and it's access to a new revenue stream. Like we have vendors tell us like I've been trying to get into the corporate gifting market, but I can't mm-hmm. get to these people. So it's a way for them to service these large corporations. So they're excited to partner with us. Interesting thing is now is that we get so many inbound inquiries. We haven't been super focused on doing outbound marketing to the vendors yet. Uh, I think we've been blessed with a lot of inbound interest, but um, like I said, we just hired a marketer. So that will be kind of her full-time job going forward, figuring that out when the inbound, when and if the inbound inquiries do start to slow down. No, it makes total sense. Is this so sour? Yeah. Is this me or is it that sour? Yeah, it's bad. It's bad, but I'm pushing through. Yeah, it's bad. This is this show is <laughs> painful and I love every moment of it. Now, I prefer this to spicy though, so I'm I'm okay doing okay. That is so true. Like plus, <laughs> you know, I can't do the hot things. It's already kind of been played out. I had to yeah. I had to obviously be super original and just kind of take a similar concept and make it sour. <laughs> yes. No, I love it. I like it. Now, one thing I don't see you address in your marketing. I'm like Santa Claus over here. Okay. So I am like a very large customer for the gift giving platforms. Um, mm-hmm. We kind of changed our business with gift giving. And I'll talk to you about that in a second. But Amazon, Mm -hmm. how are you thinking about what I think the biggest problem gift giving faces, which is the markup on the actual item to use the platform, right? Like one of the hardest parts about using some of the biggest players in this space Mm -hmm. is how expensive the markup is and all the costs. Like a lot of them you have to create a gift budget for. And then if you don't spend it, they keep it. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the items might be $20 MSRP, but to send it through them might cost you 45 mm-hmm. things like that. I don't see you all really addressing that in your marketing. So I'm really curious from your perspective, like how are you thinking about that? Because I think the person who solves sending gifts the cheapest is actually going to be the one who wins. Yeah. So what's your thing on that? Maybe we should lean into that more because we don't keep your budget. Like your money is your money. We don't we don't mess with that at all. I know some of our competitors do. Um, and we really don't mark up a lot from our vendor sites. Like I don't want to misquote my marketplace team, but yeah. oftentimes it's it's the same price that you'll see on a vendor's website. So um, we really don't have that issue with our customers. So yeah, hundred percent. That's something we should be leaning into because you're right. A lot of our competitors are are keeping your funds, and you're feeling like why would I buy a platform? This is just making this more expensive for me. Whereas we just want to make it more automated, easier for you and the same price. And that's kind of my feedback. And, you know, for you, Alex is like, when I go through Mm -hmm. everything, like I really do spend a ton of money with the kind of top players in the marketplace. I think you all are really focusing on how you're better than everybody. Mm -hmm. But I like to say people only pay more and switch for different. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you all are leaning in as much as you could on what makes you different. I think you do on the gift on the actual gift side, which I thought was mm-hmm. really clever. Like you show the gifts you send through us are different. Yep. But I think the actual mechanism of how you monetize me is mm-hmm. different. 
Yeah. And that's the part that I think your biggest customers or the highest AOVs, mm -hmm. I find them will be interested in it. What do you think about that? Like, do you think? Yeah. Like, yeah. I like that a lot. I think sometimes, you know, people are afraid to show how the sausage is made. But to your point, I think if that's a, a differentiator for us, and we do have it in certain places. And, you know, our SDRs lean into that a lot when they're doing prospecting. But you're right. I think it could totally be a larger effort on the marketing side. Because if people send enough gifts, what you'll start to find is the markup of sending the gifts is so much. Like, I mean, I think my team is sending probably over a couple hundred thousand dollars in gifts a year. Like, not a small amount. And the markup on that, we're finding it's almost better to just go direct to Amazon sometimes and have mm -hmm. Amazon ship something to someone. So I'm how doing do you any like that? automation? Like, cause that, I mean, if you're doing it through Amazon, that's just very manual, right? That's one off. So yeah. are you doing any types of automation? Like when a prospect reaches a certain threshold of engagement, you send them a gift or anything like that? Or is it, or the Amazon sends that's not a ton for how good and like how aggressive, like we have someone whose full-time job is sending all of our customers and our employees gifts. So talk wow. to me a little bit about how people can use automation and maybe integrate it. So it's a part of a cohesive strategy instead of it's for us, it's very strategic, but it's mm -hmm. not automated. So we're sending, if you hit a certain stage in our funnel, we send you a personalized gift. Yeah, but it's not automated. It's still very like because you don't want to like dilute the magic. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, so nothing worse than a bad gift. You know what I'm totally. talking about? Like when you get a yeah. gift from somebody and you're like, it just it feels like what we did to everything else in marketing. It's automated. Yeah. It's humanless. There's no soul. So how yeah. can we automate our gift giving and keep our soul? Yeah. I think you have to strike a balance, right? What I love about gifting is that you can get hyper-personalized and you can get very automated. So I think with your like high value ABM accounts, strategic customers, you're doing that very personalized. You're going into our marketplace, finding them something from their hometown, sending it to them when they need it. But then the very top of your funnel, there's tons of opportunities for gifting. Like right now, after every demo request that we get, we send someone a small gift and we're like, here's your first taste of postal. So there's a way to send people things that are maybe higher or lower price point um, that still gets them engaged. Like our, our SDRs have a lot of touch points with their outreach where they're sending people gifts. Um, if they reach a certain step in an outreach sequence, um, if someone reaches a certain lead score in HubSpot, we can send them a gift. So I think it's just the top of the funnel. You're yeah. going to get less personalized, but you can still give a bit of a personal touch. Like we have these item or these um, an aspect of our product called collections where you okay. can send someone like six different options. So it's like, Hey, I'm not exactly sure what you're going to like, but here's a landing page. You select it and it'll ship straight to your door. Well, let's so just talk about that there's a way to strike a balance. Isn't that yeah. though, for being honest, like isn't the worst gift in the world when you have to actually choose it for yourself. Like if we just get real for a second outside of why yeah. you need to do that and the dilemma of sending one, like this is my yeah. problem with gift giving now is like, I got to send a link and then they choose their gift. It almost feels wrong. Like, you know what I mean? Like a gift, like, you know, like when you get to Christmas and your aunt and uncle that you never really see send you like the $50 Nordstrom's gift card. And you're sure. like, cool. That's how yeah. much you pay. You know exactly what I'm talking I about. I do, like, but I think, I'm a, way? I think I'm a bit of a control freak. Like I tell my parents what I want for Christmas. Like I, I, oh, I think maybe you and I. Way. No, no, no. So? I got like, oh yeah, yeah. She's got her list and I can deviate. Obviously I could be yeah. a little, you know creative but she's got her 12 items yeah. you know and exactly 
So I think you can, there's, there's options for both of those types of people. Someone like you that wants a surprise will surprise you. And there's a way to surprise people. But if there's someone that you're like, I know they're going to be particular or even like an executive that they're, you're like, I don't think they're going to want another piece of swag. You can give them a charity gift card as an option. So like there, there, there are plays for both types of people. So now I, with all that gift giving, I've experimented a little bit. So I'm going to tell everybody what my top performing gift is, but I'd love right. to hear from you. What is y'all's top performing gift? Okay. Sure. So I've tried the Allbird shoes. Uh, I've tried Yeti coolers. I've tried Uber Eats. I've tried pretty much like all of them. In fact, I'm actually add Tim right here. Yo, Tim, you better get your camera on my man. Let's get you in this thing. Let's see if Tim can tell us because Tim mm. is – kind of the one sending the gifts tim what Hello. gift welcome to the show tim first appearance on sour and sass it's crazy <laughs> so we got the yeti coolers we got the all birds we've got the uber eats we've got amazon yeah, we've got- does has anyone dethroned the hundred dollar amazon gift card no i mean amazon's always been the winner um we've tried lululemon we've tried uh, Airbnb and you know having the messaging even you know, speak to each of those like take a break you know go on a go on a trip with your family to Airbnb or you mm-hmm. know we tried Starbucks we're trying to create experiences we're trying to all the triggers of like well, when you say number one what what metric are you using oh yeah let's do context so we yeah. use gifts in all of our advertising to generate a intro call Got so it. we actually pay people a hundred dollars for a fifteen minute intro call yeah. I think so. You're saying that, that you get the most amount of intro calls when you use an Amazon gift card versus yeah, over anything else. Even if we think it's a better gift, every time we come think we have like a sexy idea, we're all like Tim and I are like, oh, that's it. Like that yeah. one's gonna, that's going to be the new thing. And then Amazon still wins. We can't beat Amazon. Yeah, because yeah. your point, right? Because then everybody gets to pick. Yeah, yeah. I think that's interesting. And that's why we tried to do make these collections so you can still give people choice without giving them a gift card. I think really top of funnel, I get that. But when we get further in the funnel, we really encourage people not to do gift cards because with physical gifts, you're getting two touch points, right? You're getting when they accept the gift online and then you're getting another touch point with them when they open it up at their house. So we just, yeah. So we try to like encourage that later on in the funnel for your instance, I, I understand why the gift card is, is so successful, but that's why I think a collection gives you the similar sense of choice. Yeah, no, no, it's actually quite clever. We could test that at some yeah. point too. Is like, what would happen if we gave people multiple options and like the mm-hmm. concept of options, how would that perform? Now, right. within that, one of the things we do, and this is where we get more customized, is when we get someone as a customer, we do an intake form and we figure out what they like. So we kind of learn a little bit more about them and then we can do really customized gift giving. Do you all do something similar? Have you found that customized gift giving like that where they, they tell you that they love the New York Jets mm-hmm. and that, you know, it's hard to send them anything positive, but no. Um, but then you can send them gifts and, and like that are relevant to them. Maybe it's a jersey or a plaque or like some mm-hmm. type of memorabilia. Do you all do something similar like that for like customer marketing and gift giving and employee marketing and gift giving? We actually do it a lot on the SDR side. So our SDRs are great at that, like researching someone, figuring out what they like. Maybe they've been posting about something recently and they'll send them a book on that exact topic, like leadership or sales or, or whatever it may be. Um, right now they're doing a big March Madness play where they found out where people go to college. 
they're sending them a collection with merch from that college. So I think you can, on the prospecting side, and what's the offer? Okay, I send the merch to the CMO of a company who went to Villanova, and I send him like, "Congrats, you know, on whatever." Yeah. Here's your stuff. What's the what's the action you all are looking for from that? Open to taking a meeting to learn more about Postal, and we've already got several people being like, "This is a great email. Happy to chat." So I think I think people just appreciate that level of personalization and the swag that we'll we'll send them that is related to them. Um, and on the customer like, side, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Do you feel like that's a fallacy though? Because all you're doing is really good product marketing since that is what your product is. Like, so do you think if like mm. someone listening right now is a software company who wanted yeah. to do that same thing, do you think they would have a similar level of success? Or do you feel like your success is predicated upon the fact that you're a gift giving company and they're experiencing what their customers would experience and so they can imagine themselves? It definitely helps. Like not going to lie, yeah. absolutely helps, but we've we've heard from customers that have run similar prospecting plays like it it people are impressed by the level of personalization and they think you're a good salesperson and they'll listen to you sell whatever type of product you have like people buy from people they trust and if they feel like you did the research and you found them a gift that relates to them we've heard from customers that it works for them as well see i have a similar philosophy that drives our approach but it's a little different Mm -hmm. i believe when you market to marketers the most important thing is jealousy Mm. I believe yeah. marketers are like car guys. Yes. Like the car guys, you like, I'm not, uh, I'm like, I'm a wannabe car guy. I like cars. I try to be into it, but yeah, real car guys, like they can like see each other from like 10 miles away. They talk about weird stuff. They know all these things and they just kind of like nerd out. And it's like real recognized, real. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like marketing is the same way. I feel like yeah. real like marketers, when they see someone do really good marketing, they're mm-hmm. automatically like, I'm interested, if yeah. that makes sense. It's kind of like yeah. a really nice paint job or like something you did really custom on your car. You're like, I'm going to go walk up to that person. I'm going to talk to them, yeah. ask them about it. I feel like yeah. marketers are the same. Do you feel like jealousy is like a driver of this for you? If you like think about it that way, like they want that experience for their customers. They're like jealous and it's inspiring, if that makes sense. Absolutely. And sales as well, because we market to sales leaders, because even though marketing is often the like cost center or the buyer of our software, the sales team is very influential in getting the deal across the line because they want to send gifts to their prospects and clients. So yeah, if a sales leader gets a really great email from our SDR team or one of our AEs, they're like, wow, I want my team performing at this level, but being able to send gifts like this, like they're jealous 100%. Okay. I yeah. absolutely love hearing that. I got a couple of follow-up questions. So we have some really good points I want to unpack a little bit, but are you ready yep. for your second round? Yes. Fairly. It's round two, Alex. All right. I'm going to go for lemon this no, time. Oh. Put her All right. And Tim, get ready, baby. You're coming back to the show in a second. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's sour. <laughs> All right. I want to bring Tim in because I want to talk about this concept the value of the gift to get the action you want because mm-hmm. we've texted a lot like none of us want to like we love our customers and we love our prospects we're not trying to over gift if you get what i'm saying here mm-hmm. yep. but if you under gift you don't get any results either so tim can you maybe break down for us today what you found in our kind of research and development around the monetary value of a gift and then how bad gifts actually cost more than good gifts for us. <laughs> yeah. So I love this. So I love this first one. So we started off with a hundred dollars. Pretty easy number, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we were going and then obviously, you know, 
Garrett especially was like, it's working well. Can we, you know, lower the cost a little bit? Is there a way to get, you know, lower costs, you know, per meeting? So we tried $50. Um, very, you know, early on, we just saw actually our cost per meeting double just because mm-hmm. of the conversion rates there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we went down the rabbit hole, right? We tried 105 and that worked better than 100. Um, then we tried 110. Oh, sorry, 110. <laughs> worse than 105, which yeah. I thought was very interesting because it's more, but like it just doesn't have that, that kind of wow factor. Um, we've also tried $500 versus $250. Um, the conversion rates were very high on $500. It just kind of wasn't sustainable. Uh, right. $250 surprisingly didn't work as well as I thought it would be compared mm-hmm. to like a $150. Mm-hmm. Um, if I could, I probably would have tried like $149 or something like that. But I think the, the increments were like $5 each. Mm-hmm. Um, I love but, it if you could. You know you can. Right. <laughs> probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right now. <laughs> so, Alex, what do you take on that? You know, and, and thank yeah. you very much, Tim. What's your take on that, Alex? Like, do you find yourself similar? Like, what are your break-even points on mm-hmm. these? I really think we try to ratio it to the size of the customer and how much revenue they're bringing us. Whether it's they're a customer or a potential customer, we want to spend less to attain smaller customers, yeah. more to attain larger customers. Um, and that's really worked for us. Like, I think it's interesting that you guys have this kind of standard play that you've been playing, but I would wonder if you change that number based on size of the company, because at the end of the day, way, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you me, do that. I'll, I'll break great, that down great. for you and then we'll see if it's what you guys do. So we have five tiers. Okay. We have tier zero great. through tier five. And then Perfect. each of those have d- different average contract values, different gross margins, different LTV great. CAC ratios. And then we tier our gift giving and our campaigns. Also, we tier our sales process. We tier tier who our intro call takers are. We tier who our AEs are. We tier who from the executive team and operations gets involved, all based off of these. And we only do our advertising to named accounts. So we have every SaaS company in the U.S. in our database. And then all of them are fully enriched and tiered with with SEMrush, Ahrefs, and SpyFu data. So we know exactly how much they're spending. We build our own directive score and then we mm-hmm. tier them based on that. And it's plus firmographics. Is that kind of you all do? Yeah, hundred percent. We have three different sales teams for different sizes and we break out our accounts that way. So yeah, very, sounds very similar. And we just match our gifting strategy the same way that you would to like your digital strategy, like how much you spend on smaller accounts versus how much you spend on larger accounts um, yeah. should mirror your gifting strategy. And also by persona, right? Like you want to spend more on an executive than you do on a middle manager, but also like, it's not that simple, right? Because sometimes someone has a larger influence on the deal if they're going to be the one implementing the software. So maybe the marketing ops team gets a little bit more love. So you kind of have to go play by play and make those decisions as you go. That's really, really clever. That is really, really clever. What's the best performing gift? You didn't tell me that yet. So what's the best Um, gift? I I'd say it's um, from a specific vendor. They're called Noms Cookies. They have a wooden box that you can actually engrave with a logo and it takes like a day or two to get to the client. So you can really quickly send a good gift from like a local vendor that uh, makes cookies. They're great. And you can also engrave a logo. So it's a little bit of personalization and it's fast. So it really- Whose logo? Their logo or yours? Because that's actually an interesting question. A lot of our clients will do- whoever they're sending it to is logo. 
Yeah, because you want for you, you want them to imagine this is what mm -hmm. you would be sending to your customer. So you can almost yep. literally recreate that experience for them to live out in their own life, right? Exactly. And actually, we also have a like a people ops HR use case. And I was talking yep. to a client the other day that on the on everyone's first day, they send them one of those noms cookie box boxes with their own logo. It's like welcome to X company. Like so it's yeah, it's multifunctional for sure. What's the future of swag? So I saw you guys have that. I saw like we we do a lot of you know. I mm -hmm. like to. We're doing like collections now. Like we have our summer collection, our winter collection. We try to make yeah. it more like no crappy swag kind of thing. Like yeah, you might as well pay two more dollars a unit or three more dollars a unit totally. to make it something people wear. What's your take on the future of swag, especially in this like remote world? It's not a lot of USB sticks anymore. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> what's that? What's that next thing? Yeah. And it's just interestingly enough, like I have a ton of t-shirts that I'll never wear. Like swag is interesting, right? Like I think you do have to spend extra dollars and make it something that people will use. And I think some of our best swag packs have been a mix of branded items and non-branded items so that you're not just getting like a bunch of postal crap. You're actually getting like a cool postal glass and chai from one of our vendors and a notebook. Like you're getting a couple different things and some are branded and some are not so that you're like able to use them all to their fullest potential because I think sometimes if you just throw your brand on stuff people are like uh, I don't, I'm not gonna wear that in public or whatever so I like kind of mixing it up um yeah. but I'm also on this on the brand like no bad swag like swag should look cool it should not be like something lame that's in the bottom of your dresser drawer so on that page as well no, a thousand percent. Actually, you see Bridget was like a brand swag, not branded swag. There it is. Right. Bridget is our head of content and brand. And I just very badly summarized how she would talk about our branded swag. So thank you. Bridget. I love that. Go off, Bridget. I love it. <laughs> now, when I want to give you a scenario, I want to wrap up our show and I want to make mm -hmm. you kind of the queen of your domain. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to pretend I'm going to give you a scenario. I want you to tell me kind of how you would do this. Okay. Mm -hmm. So. You have a $250,000 budget. Mm -hmm. We're a mid-market company, but we've always struggled to go up market. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we just can't get those big accounts that are always getting hit up by everybody. We just can't seem to break in. We want to do something different. We believe that physical gift giving will work, but we're scared of sending something to the office. Can we check on their website? They're still fully remote. Mm -hmm. So we got $250,000. We've got mm -hmm. this like tier zero, right? Those like the, the, our dream accounts. We've got 500 of them. Mm -hmm. How can we use gift giving in your mind to strategically go after that up market, the place we know our board wants us to go with the big margins, the big yeah. account, the sexy logos. How do we use Postal to go get them? What's your, what's your game plan? Yeah. I mean, I think it's a traditional ABM play. Like you got to surround those accounts with all your typical digital channels, ads, you know, Okay, so we're running some programmatic, yeah, like just totally. stuff to them. Yep, we're maybe yep. hitting them up on LinkedIn sales nav. We got some outbound yep. going to them. Mm -hmm. gotcha. And I think if any any names that you can get, like if you're advertising ebooks, stuff like that, like any names that you can get into your database or use your SDR team to go after people and start emailing them. I think we have, uh, as part of Postal, you don't have to worry about people's office addresses. You can actually just email people and say, we call it a magic link. We say, here's a gift for you. Yeah. Click on it. And then you can fill in your address information. You can send it to an Airbnb that you're staying at next week. You can yeah, go you literally can anywhere. Well, right. There's yeah, a lot of people exactly. that are going to have this like magic link. Right. And you get the yeah. address. Yeah. hundred percent. So like, like I mentioned that March madness thing, like we've done a ton of really cool, like 
there's a holiday every other day. Like you can, you can figure out a way to reach out to someone in a really personalized way, match that personalization with a gift. And I think if you're doing that across those 500 accounts to the key personas and you're offering a gift at the right price point, which in this case would be pretty high because these are really high value. Yeah, so what is pretty high for you? Like I'm talking like, so the way I see it is like title wise, let's say CMO yep. and VP are going to need yep. maybe a different type of gift. Cause they're making, let's say 250 K plus. So you yep. can't send them a $20 gift. They're going to wipe their butt yep. with it. Right. Yep. <laughs> so you got the kind of this tier. Right. So we're trying to get these accounts. We got them. We got the director. I found mm -hmm. anyone with over 500 employees. You can't market to managers because they have no mm -hmm. buying control. So we're, let's say, directors and then VPs and then C-level. So we got these three tiers. What price are you spending on each? Yeah, I think I just got an Ember mug the other day and that was huge. Like that's $150. It's first. Yep. It has a logo on it. It's really cool, like super functional. I think that's a perfect price point that like 150 mark for like a director, maybe yeah. VP level. Yeah. Um, when you're getting up to like CMO level, I think that was interesting to me because they're often not the decision maker, right? They're no, just they're signing, signing yeah. off. They're, 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 they maybe are the ultimate decision maker, but like a VP or something. They're more of an like, awareness hey, play, right? The totally. VP and the director are the ones you yeah. got to convince. Totally. And then the CMO has to just like believe that it's going to work and it's inexpensive or like fits within budget. Right. Yeah. So I think you, you still want to get them something, but I think that's where like a charity gift card comes in. Like they often don't need more things. Like, so I think yeah. that's why you kind of like give them the options, but like, yeah, I think we also have like some pretty like high scale electronics in our marketplace, like speakers and AirPods and stuff like that. So like you said, we do partner with those small vendors, but we also give you the choice to spend a lot more money if you want to on those higher people. So let's say we got a Ember mug to a director, we got AirPods mm -hmm. to a VP, and we got a $500 donation to a charity of their choice for the CMO. Exactly. Something like that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. I think that would impress some people. Whoever's listening, hopefully. <laughs> I, I really I really do think this works, though. I don't know how else you're going to get someone's attention these days with what? Send them another email asking 15 minutes of their time? Like, what? Are, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, what are we doing? Totally. I, I just think this is the future is being exceptionally targeted and then mm -hmm. using generosity. Don't, don't be a penny pitcher. If you're about mm -hmm. to make 150 K on this account, don't be scared to spend 500 bucks on the CMO. Totally. I think 100%. it's like the biggest, I don't know. I see that all the time with our clients. I'm always trying to convince them to use gift cards on combo ads. They're like, mm -hmm. well, we don't want to pay for that. I'm like, but your customer acquisition cost is $3,500. You're yeah. only spending $500. You have $3,000 more to spend and you're not happy with your pipeline. Yeah. But right. I also think it's important to pair it with something personal. Like if the CMO just posted about a cause that they're like, they work with or how, what they volunteer for, like pair yeah. it with that to like, Hey, I saw on LinkedIn, you do X, Y, Z. I thought a charity gift card would be perfect for you. So like, I think the blasting out of gifts can get a little bit, I don't know, impersonal. So I think as, as, as personal as you can get with it, I think is, is important as well. I love it. I love it. This yeah. has been amazing, Alex. If anyone here yeah. wants to send more gifts, follow your story what's the best way for them to do that um postal is on linkedin i'm on linkedin um yeah postal.io is where we are on all the social channels um yeah love to chat feel free to dm me and we can talk gifting i love it i love it well thank you cool. so much for being on the show alex for everybody who tuned yeah. in don't forget to join society if you want to chat with me alex might even be on there i'm not sure yet she should be <laughs> soon and then uh, feel free to subscribe to youtube and review us on podcast so Thank you so much, everybody. And Alex, thanks for being on the show. Thank you. Bye, everybody.